Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Icky, George Brummer here with you. If you somehow like this podcast, if you're a glutton for punishment, let me tell you, i got a lot more coming, so make sure you download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts because we got a, a lot of, at this point, we'll just laugh in the misery, the, the final third of the year because, boy, boy, oh, boy, misery does off company. So join us, please. We'll be here the rest of the season, and hopefully you will as well. Make sure you get downloading and liking and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you do get your podcasts. So, George. This is a game where we thought the defense was going to really have, you know, have its way with the Steelers offense. It's been really hit or miss, but mostly pretty bad so far this season, except for the rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett on the road. Take the saying, not the case whatsoever. No, and that's that's truly the biggest disappointing thing to me about this game. I mean, yeah, the offense was a disappointment, but they were who they are. I mean, that's that's not unexpected. They, they were what they've been all year long. The defense – uh, just did not have it today. And, and I would say it was their worst game. When you put it in context with, with you know, the opponent and the situation, the fact they're at home, that's on prime time. We were talking about coming in. This was a chance for them to make a statement, show the country that they've been better than, than maybe they think they've been. Uh, and they just didn't have it today. And I don't know if it's because so many guys – you make excuses, obviously. I don't know if it's because so many guys were sick and didn't practice most of the week. 
You know, I don't know if Pittsburgh just came out with a, a much better game plan. I will say this. I mean, Zaire Franklin, who I think is one of the best guys on this team in terms of just standing up and, and telling the truth. Uh, and you said after the game, at halftime, he kind of gave a speech. I think Jeff Saturday alluded to that in, in the postgame press conference. And I asked him, what, what did you talk about? And he basically said he's calling out people's manhood. You know, he felt like they got pushed around in the first half. They're at home, and they're not going to go down like that. They might lose, but they're not going to be soft. You know, that was kind of his point. I think they did. They got pushed around in that first half. You haven't seen that very often at all from this defense. Uh, certainly, they got they got it together in the second half. Uh, only gave up eight points. Uh, but again, it's at a critical juncture. And I think that's, you know, we keep talking about the same things that happen on offense over and over again. The defense kind of the same story. Not a lot of points given up in the second half. But it seems like when they do, it's always at some critical, critical spot in the game. Uh, and today, in general, it just wasn't acceptable. I mean, 24 points and over 300 yards against this offense, the way they were struggling coming in. I think they were like 28th in scoring and 27th or 28th in rushing and 29th in passing. They didn't do anything well. And I know they've been getting better a little bit each week under Pickett, but for them to step in there and, and have a day like this, uh, it's truly just an unacceptable performance by the defense. And they'll be the first to say it, uh, but a real missed opportunity by them. You're 100% right, and you look at this season like they lost 24 nothing to the Jaguars week two, and that was uh, a game where everyone played bad, but you can make the excuse, look, they're still new to the offense, still kind of working in Gus Bradley's system. He gave up 20 points to the Texans, which now, I mean, if you look back at the Texans, George, that tie looks worse and worse and worse, and that offense is just so inept, or 20 points is inexcusable, but again, early in the season, you would give the excuse, oh, they're still trying to find their way, their footing, and that's what I'm with you, like, this is by far the most disappointing uh, game of the season for the defense. And even statistically, it's not like it is. Like, they gave them more yards and points to the Jaguars in week six in, in a game they won, ironically enough. So it's not like even statistically you can point to say, oh, yeah, they gave the most yards, they gave the most points. Obviously, it's easy that, you know, you can say it's worst defensive performance of the season. But you're right. When it comes to context, not that the Jaguars are a world beater on offense, but the Steelers' offense coming on in where Kenny Pickett's throwing eight interceptions to three touchdowns on the season. They are one of the worst scoring teams. Now they're above the Colts, but by, you know, barely by, uh, you know, a slim margin there. So you have a defense that, like you said, was playing some of their best football. They held the Chiefs to their lowest point total of the season. They held the Eagles just last week to their lowest point total of the season. And now it's like in back-to-back weeks, you allow 17 points to the Eagles and 24 to the Steelers. We were talking about that first half. George, I mean, honestly, the first half was one of the worst first halves this team has had. Maybe the worst. The only other thing that would rival for a half would be that Titans week four game when they just were obliterated. I think it was 24-3 at half, and they couldn't stop Derrick Henry or anyone. But you look, Kenny Pickett, in the first half alone, 14-18, 133 yards. They had 16 first downs, 232 yards of total offense. Just inexcusable, unacceptable to what they've been putting out so far and how consistent they've been at shutting down teams and, and taking what they do best for Kenny Pickett to come in, look comfortable. There's no excuse for it. No, it looked a lot like those early season games you're talking about with Davis Mills and, and Trevor Lawrence in week two, uh, where that quick passing game was just killing them in the first half there. It was really just, you know, a couple steps back on the drop and then letting go of the football. And, and even a couple of times they did get some pressure, uh, Pickett was able to, to scramble and get away from them, which has been a problem for the team throughout most of the year. Uh, but to do that today, uh, you know, against this offense, that's the one thing. I think I picked 16-13 or something like that. You know, it's, I wasn't shocked by the offense. 
not being able to get things going because the the Steelers' biggest weakness uh, was also the Colts' offense's biggest weakness. They're probably – well, now I think we can safely say they're not going to take advantage of anybody in, in the secondary no, all year long. Sure. Uh, but on the other side, it, it seemed like that was playing into the Colts' hands, that, that, that you had an offense that they should really dominate, that they should be able to hold down, that they should get a couple takeaways on. And it, it didn't happen. You know, it happened for one quarter. The third quarter when I don't know what happened. There was a vortex here. That third quarter had nothing to do with the rest of the game. The other three quarters looked nothing like the third quarter. Uh, that's the only time, really, when the defense dominated the way you thought they would this whole this whole football game. Um, you know, it, it's just it's massively disappointing. And it, the other part of that is, like, we've given Gus Bradley a lot of credit on this podcast, and I think he deserves it because I think overall he's he's had a really good year. But one thing he continues to do that's baffling to me, and it showed up again during that, that touchdown drive, why is Brandon Faison playing so much in these key situations? And I know they got injuries later in the game that, that forced some of that, mm-hmm. you know, when, when Kenny Moore came out with the shin injury. At that point, they had a healthy group, and, and you've got him out there, and not just out there. He's out there on Deontay Johnson. George Pickens is the highlight guy. He's the sports center guy. He's the guy more people are likely to know. Deontay Johnson is the best, most prolific receiver right now on this team. And you can bring him face on out them out there on him in a drive where you're trying to protect a lead. The result was pretty predictable. And he's lucky that, you know, the one touchdown, I believe it was the next player too. They, they punch him for a touchdown anyway. But I mean, Deontay Johnson balls in the corner ends him. He just dropped it. Like Brandon Faison's yep. hand was there, but he did nothing to break up the pass. He got burned on, on the fade route. And like I said, Deontay Johnson has a habit of dropping the football and the Colts got lucky there in terms of just that specific play, not ending up in a touchdown. Like I said, Brandon Faison not, you know, being even more towards the ire of Colts than, than there already is right now, frankly. But it's just like it, that is that is frustrating for sure, and it just it doesn't make much sense, and it, it also doesn't make much sense too when you talk about you know the other area for this Colts that's lacking all season long is forcing turnovers. Now I know a large part yeah. of that is Shaq Leonard's absence. I get it, but still, this is a talented group on all three levels. Where you look at again, you come in with the Steelers team, and part of the reason why I thought this this Colts team would win the game by double digits for the first time this year, which is not on the offense, but just the defense absolutely putting the clams. On this Steelers offense, it's been very inept so far. And it's like and they obviously have the one of the worst first halves of the season, and they don't force a turnover. Like the Steelers were at zero turnover differential, in part because the offense was turned over so much, the defense was later taken away. But I believe coming into the game, Tom Ahead was 14 and 14 turnovers to take uh to giveaways. So you have a Steelers offense that is plenty good at giving the ball away, just like the Colts are, and you couldn't force one turnover. And really put Kenny Pickett, like there was not even like near misses, if you will, Georgia. It was like he was even really close to turn the ball over either. No, he wasn't. And and that's, you know, the two areas to me that were the most disappointing as far as the defense not taking advantage. One was takeaways because this was a team that, that throws a lot of interceptions. It turns the ball over, like I said, 14 times. Uh, not that far away from where the Colts were coming in. Colts at 21 now, which is just an absolutely unacceptable number uh, by any measure, but you know, 14 turnovers is unacceptable as well. You, you don't press that issue at all. You don't even get them into any kind of issue. The other one is red zone. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this was, this is not a good red zone team in, in Pittsburgh. If you can stop them on that last drive, if you stop them on that third down and force them to kick a field goal, that final drive is inefficient as it was for the Colts. You're just trying to set up a field goal to take a lead. You don't need a touchdown to tie at that point. It would have been 19 to 17. If you force a field goal down there, they can't do it. You know, the, and even with the drop on on second down, they can't do it. Uh, that to me was was really 
those two areas, if nothing else, you thought they would be good there. You know, hold up in the red zone, keep this Pittsburgh team out of the end zone most of the day, and get a turnover or two. And, and the inability to do that, uh, you know, I, ultimately got what they deserved. I mean, that that's right. I feel like Pittsburgh deserved to win this game, and the Colts didn't, and and that's that's the way the outcome looks now. So, I one thing I hope that comes out of all this. Hopefully the networks take the Colts out of that in the hunt graphic now. Hopefully this loss oh, that, ends that. That's a good point. I couldn't believe my eyes when watching the games on Sunday. It's just like, what are they like? What are we doing? Like, that, are they forced to put three teams? Like, is this some sort of protocol? Where it's like we got to have three teams, no matter what the record is. Four, six, and one in the hunt. Give me a breath. You're a hunt. That's a good point, George. That's a that's one of saving graces. Four, seven, one. They are not in the hunt. They are absolutely not in the hunt whatsoever. My, you're right about that. But it's just another another game that felt winnable. They let it go. So let me ask you this then, George. Considering the opponent, considering who played, because I think it's also important as well, would you say this is the worst loss of the Colts this season? Yeah. I mean, they had a fully healthy offense. So you go back to like that week two game against Jacksonville, which is probably the most embarrassing loss of the year. Uh, you didn't have your top two receivers or two of your top three receivers. Yeah, so, right. you know, there's at least some, you know, explanation there. And you go back to uh, the, the the loss in New England, which was just wretched and, and, and is also in contention for worst loss of the year. You know, Sam Ellinger's a starting quarterback. Sam Jonathan Ellinger. Taylor didn't play, you know. Right, that, right there. Chalk there's other up. things there. But today, the offense was healthy. Everybody was out there. I mean, Ryan... Kelly was out for a little while at center, but we know Danny Pinner can hold his own there, has in the past, did for the, the period he was out there today. You just weren't able to take advantage of a really leaky Steelers secondary, and you weren't able, you know, your defense just didn't get it done, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I would honestly say the two most, like... This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Painful, avoidable, whatever word you want to use, losses to me this year. There's a bunch. I mean, all seven of them are in contention. Laundry list, yeah. But to me, this one and in and, and the second loss in Tennessee just felt like games that, you know, if, if the defense plays the way it usually does and gets a stop here and there and the offense is just mediocre, you win those games. And and I think, again, I, you know, I go back to it's so easy to say they're so close, they're so close, look at this. You know, if they make the play here, they make the play there, the record could be whatever. That's what separates the good and bad teams in the NFL right now, though. Most of the time, being a bad team, with the exception of Houston, it doesn't mean that you have a, a massive talent deficiency in, in this league. It means that you're not consistently making the plays you need to make. The, the winning, you're not protecting the football, you're not protecting your quarterback, and you're not, you know, situational football. You're not good. Today, what happened? Third down, terrible percentage. Red zone, they were a little bit better at, but they just never got there. So right. it didn't, didn't matter. Um, you know, didn't protect the ball. It, it's just situational football. You know, that decides NFL games, what, 75% of the time? I might be low on that. I mean, like, if you really talk about, like, what's the difference between the Colts and the Lions right now? 
Colts have more talent. Yeah. But it's like you talk about. You're right. Like outside of like maybe the top two or, or the bottom two or three teams in the NFL, for the most part, the like the talent gap isn't like the reason why the Colts are losing all these games. You're 100 right. They can't finish the freaking game, and that's why I feel like this game is by far the worst loss of the season because you kind of hit on it. This is the first game of the year where the Colts had all their players healthy, and the offense played bad and the defense played bad all at the same time, all with everyone like out there. Like I said. The Patriots game, Sam Millinger, just right there and then and there. Period. Stop. Okay, that's there's the excuse. Week two, like, great point with Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman Jr. both missing the game. And plus, it's in Jacksonville. It's almost, again, write that one yeah. off. The Colts can't win in there. That's a that's an easy L right there. But it's like this is the first game where you look at both Titans' losses. You can argue the first half of the Tennessee game in week four, the Colts' uh, defense stunk. And the second half, they were elite defensively and offensively they showed a little bit of life, but again, never kind of put it together. Second, I mean, the second game in Tennessee, the Titans did not score an offensive touchdown. Now you're, they could have, the Colts defense could have used a big stop, you know, late in the fourth quarter, they couldn't get, but they didn't allow it. a freaking offensive touchdown. So it's like, it's hard to get on the defense when you, you know, hold Tennessee to just a few field goals. This is the first game where, like you said, the defense is to blame. The offense is to blame. And they were fully manned. I'm with you. I think it's the worst loss of the year. If if Dallas Flowers doesn't have that 89-yard kickoff return, it, this might be a blowout. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I don't think that's a stretch to say. That got the offense going. They got back into it. They got the lead. But you take away the third quarter, they were outscored, what, 24-3 to outside of that quarter? I think you're right. Let me just – I'm sorry. Now i got to pull up the box score here. But I think you're right because it was – Against a team that came in 3-7. and seven. And that's why, to me, if you want to you wanna, – Talk about the worst losses of the year. We're putting everything into context. This was not a good football team they played. And outside of one quarter, they got 24 to three. 24 to three. You're 100% right, George. And it's like, it, it, it was embarrassing. Like I said, they, against a Steelers team that, again, on paper coming in is worse than they are. With a rookie quarterback, the best receiver, I mean, they hate Johnson Johnson, but right now George Pickens is making a high play. So rookie receiver, rookie quarterback, Najee Harris, their best running back, left the game midway through the second, you know, second quarter. So for yep. over half the game, they didn't have their number one running back. TJ Watts still working his way back, you know, and that's something too to the, give the Colts credit for how bad their offensive line's been this year. TJ Watt was a non-factor, so one of, if not arguably, the best defensive player in the NFL was irrelevant, was invisible. And it's like that's still – if you say going to this game, it's Kenny Pickett, obviously, it's George Pickens, Najee Harris is going to miss over half the game, and T.J. Watt doesn't – like you forget he's on the field. Just overall, that should be a Colts win, especially now when you give them those parameters. That should absolutely be a relatively easy Colts win. And now we're talking about another loss in which they fail to get it done. And another team, despite the talent, despite who's playing what position, they make more plays than the Colts do. And like I said, I mean, 20 – you, you mentioned it. Hey, look, and the, the fact that not only they outscored 24-3 and basically the three quarters outside of the third quarter, the first half, they looked lifeless. Like, that's yep. the one thing. Like, they looked like they were under Frank Reich for a while. And one of the things we yep. talked about, at least in the first two games with Jeff Saturday was, at least this team has some juice. At least this team in the first half is showing some compete level where in the first half, for the most part, especially towards the end, when Sam Ellinger's quarterback under, you know, last year against Frank Reich, they were just completely lifeless and dead. And they went that's back to that. That to me is going to be really interesting to watch next week because that's that's my thought in the first half was you know we talked about this on the show all along that, that there's a shelf life on on the energy that, that Jeff Saturday is bringing right. to the team, and now 
look, playoffs are by anybody's estimation not in the picture anymore. There's not a whole lot left to play for, but pride. It'll be really interesting to see how they come out because that Dallas team, you play like this in the first half next week, and it's going to be real ugly. Uh, not that it wasn't real ugly today, but you know, you you mess around with this Dallas team the way they did Pittsburgh today, and and it's going to be biblically ugly. So you know, I, I think you've got to be. But to me, it's another test. We keep talking about like the tests of Jeff Saturday. Okay, look, you had, I would say, arguably the worst first half of the year, given the opponent, given the context, given the situation. And, and you came stage. out third quarter and, and turned it around. So that's, you know, a point in, in his favor. Now, a huge test coming up. It's a short week. You're going to go play a Dallas team that can make a lot of teams look ugly. Just go ask the Vikings about that. It's. I think it's another litmus test coming up next Sunday. And whether we could talk about either in the midweek pod or the preview pod, George, is to your point too, like not only now does the energy like kind of like start to fade away now that like you're getting used to Jeff Saturday and kind of like the newness wears off, but also too, now that you see Jeff Saturday in his first real kind of pivotal moment as head coach kind of fumble the two minute, you know, the two minute drill clockwise, like I said, you're four, seven and one. This Colts team is made of high character guys, but you want to just, you know, Guy comes off the street, you know, wasn't with us in training camp. Like, we talked about all the reasons why it would be tough for him to win over a locker room. First two weeks, he did win a locker room. But now it's like, okay, start to see Jeff Saturday make decisions that could and that are starting to cost you games. At what point do you start to kind of, like say, throw the towel and just maybe stop listening? It's going to be fascinating to see this week, especially. Uh, and as the rest of the season goes on, like I said, one of the reasons why we kind of talked about that the interesting move was there's a lot of season left. And so five yeah. games for this team to go – where it's still a long, long, long season, and it's really going to, you know, it's it's tough to kind of buy in. It's tough to keep playing hard for either a guy you don't believe in or a guy that continues to, you know, not give you the best chance to win whatsoever. So it's yeah, it's going to be regard- fascinating to see. Even regardless of the head coach, I mean, you're, you're reaching a point where you came in with these really lofty sure. expectations, you know, win the division and, and go win a playoff game. And now you're, you're hitting a point in the year where all that's off the table. At best, you're going to be nine, seven, and one if you win out against a schedule that does not look like you're going to go five and zero. Oh. Uh, and even then, it probably won't be good enough, or might not be good enough to get you into the playoffs. Like it, it's even if if you know Sean Payton was here as the head coach right now, I, I don't know that it would be much different. You, you're you're running a risk now with this locker room. All they really have to play for is their own pride. Now, there's a lot of it in there. I mean. Michael Pittman, once again, taking it on his own shoulders. I don't really know what he thinks he did today that, that cost them the game, but he's not happy. You know, he felt like he needed to do more. Um, Zaire Franklin, you know, standing up and, and being that stand-up guy he is and, and saying that, you know, he needed to do more. I just don't know how long you can hold on on that. I mean, it's just human nature, like you're talking about. You're, you're getting beaten down. I mean, you know how we feel doing the podcast. Imagine how the players feel in the locker room week after no. week of this and, and going through this, you know, at least we don't get hit while we're watching all of this. So it's, I just think it's a, it's a really telling week in terms of, you know, can Jeff Saturday keep this group together? Now knowing the Colts, they'll go and beat Dallas just because that's the way they do things. But I think it's a really telling and they're week back in the hunt. where they're at. Five, seven, one, put a, put the graphic back up. Let's go back in the hunt. Oh God, this is going to be uh this is going to be an interesting week, George, to say the least. All right. When we return here in the blue horseshoe pilot, let's wrap it up. And we did talk about John Taylor a little bit, but there's one area about John Taylor. It's a little concerning to me. We'll get into that. And also some other 
uh, offensive performance, including Jelani Woods. Like, well, let's talk some positive, George. Again, we, we can't just harp on the negatives for for almost an hour here. We got to get, especially since it's 1.30 in the morning almost, we got to get some positives here to talk about as we do wrap up the Blue Horseshoe Pod. We'll do that when the pod returns.